0: we the bestest cast with the left twist pat fairly well dressed put me on the guest list the guest list huh. yeah on the guest list yeah
1: huh. all right ladies and gentlemen welcome back to another week of on the guest list with fox and to get down white Sox. dave and kenny carkey with you from the band as always is your boy colin coming live from chicago illinois we have the cowboy mr david williams dave how are you buddy Chilling. How are we doing, fellas? We are fucking outstanding, dude. And back again, our co-host from last week, we have Mr. Dante in the building. Dante, how are you, buddy?
2: Phenomenal. Never better. Glad to be back. Honored to to be back.
1: Glad to have you, brother. Told you your seat's always open. We will have Kenny rejoining us later. Kenny had to skirt out and take care of some SpongeBob problems for Nickelodeon, but he will be back for on the list. Off the list. uh, Gentlemen, before we get into anything today, two great guests. We have chris from anti-flag legendary punk band one of the coolest interviews we've done thus far a really different perspective than anybody else we've had on a true legend and a fucking awesome guy other than the fact that he's from pittsburgh so we got chris on our pick of the week is dummy a band from new jersey an up-and-coming band one that has a different perspective than anybody else we've talked to on this podcast they basically formed right before quarantine and have no knowledge of the music industry before the world changed so a really interesting interview with them. We play their song afterthought at the end of the interview. Gentlemen, we're going to get into some music news. First things first. I just want to say this. This is my 100th episode of the podcast today. It's Congratulations our 20- to you. Thank you very much. I feel like I've actually done something now. Uh, it's our 26 is on the guest list. We did 74 as a band throughout quarantine. I fucking love this. It's been a wild fucking ride. And uh, I wouldn't be here with you guys unless we would have started this stupid thing because the world shut down. So just wanted to get that out of the way. Uh, let's get into some music news. Well, for what me. you're saying
3: is you you're like glad Corona started.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it, it was really for me. It was a blessing for me. Right. Silver lining. Silver lining. No, I mean, like yeah, is, silver lines. There, there were some silver lines. There was. You no, know was what the me. number one silver lining was? What
2: was it? No fucking weddings for a year.
1: Yo, that, they that are coming beautiful. back with a vengeance.
2: Now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I have, they like, are three in three weeks, and it's like I
1: forgot how stopped. nice it was
2: not having to go to weddings.
1: Dude, I got so lucky. Mine was right before quarantine. We got married like four months before the world shut down. We got to go to Italy and France for our honeymoon. But all of our friends yeah. are getting married now. And Dave, you were at a wedding on Friday. How'd that go for you?
3: It was. I mean, it was my first career Jewish wedding. First career Jewish anything. And uh, the Jews can party. They really can. It was one of oh, the yeah. most fun weddings I've been to. Oh, um, yeah. Um, But aside from that, like, yeah. And, and one thing I noticed with weddings for me, if it's anywhere near chicago i procrastinate so bad on it like i was supposed to be out in the suburbs by 5 p.m on friday and it's 2 p.m i'm like all right in like 30 minutes i'm gonna hop on the peloton for a few minutes shower and leave and all of a sudden it's like 3:30. i'm like holy fuck i gotta be there like right now so i always forget something this time it was a uh, fucking tie um that or i'll forget a belt or whatever like i hate local Ooh. weddings i'd rather go somewhere cool
1: Dude, I imagine you walking up with no fucking tie on and going all the way back home. Dante, are you are you involved in any weddings? You just going to them?
2: I'm standing up in one next week. Oh, I'm going to one this week in Denver. I got another one after that. God, and you know what? Because they're all all like postponed and everything. A lot of them are on Fridays now. Which okay. is, yeah, yeah. No I actually kind of like the
3: Friday wedding. Dude, I don't. I
1: fuck. did a Friday wedding, bro. <laughs> My wedding was on a Friday, and it was fucking outstanding. It was a great fucking time. But I will say, dude, all the weddings getting smashed together. Jesus Christ. Friday
4: wedding in Chicago
1: when you're from Chicago is
3: cool. When you have to travel.
1: Oh, yeah,
2: that's
3: different, true. Different I haven't thought of it like that. Not so cool. Right. But oh, whatever.
2: I don't want to be a fucking
3: hater. You've
2: been married. <laughs> People getting married. It's a beautiful thing. I'm just, uh, I was just saying, one of the things about COVID, there's no weddings for a year and wasn't a bad thing.
1: No, not at all. But now they've all come back with a fucking vengeance. Yeah. Uh, Let's get into some music news to pick things back up. I've been saying, I can't believe we've gotten this much content out of the music industry in the year that we've just had because nothing really fucking happened. We've been talking about nonsense for a whole goddamn year. I've been saying this more and more. With the shows coming back, all the music's going to drop. And we had an insane week for releases. We have an insane week for releases coming up that just got announced. We're going to get into that. But let's cover some of the stuff that happened. Uh, Fucking Shakira dropped the song. Churches dropped the song. Uh, BJ the Chicago Kid, who's fucking dope, dropped the song. And then two huge albums dropped. And I want to get into this a little bit. First album I want to talk about. John Mayer drops Sob Rock. Dave, know you're a big John Mayer fan. What's your thought? I, I
3: mean, I... I said this on Twitter. I hold John Mayer to the highest of high standards. So if I'm comparing it to earlier albums of his, it's just like completely and totally blah. But if I'm comparing it to everybody else, it's pretty okay, good.
1: Dante, did you listen to the album?
3: Yeah. You know what? Like
2: I think I don't think that you can compare it to his past stuff because it's a purposefully totally different genre, which is like I said. I said the same thing when the Van Weezer album came out, and people were like, This is Weezer's worst album ever. Well, no, it's not Weezer, it's a total, it's going to be the same thing when the disco Foo Fighters album comes out. You can't compare that to you know, like Everlong, like right. But I, I, I love when artists like experiment and go outside the box like this, so I, I like the album.
1: We're talking about absolute monstrous legacy artists at this point who've already done everything they need to do and say everything they need to say. So at this point, John Mayer, I said this about the album on Twitter. I said this was a fucking 10 song meme. He thought the 80s thing was funny and he ran with it with all the tones, textures, all the visuals. Everything was a fucking meme. Are the songs solid? Yeah, there's a couple really good fucking John Mayer songs on there. In totality, what it is, it's a fucking 80s Eric Clapton album and he made he had fun with it and but I don't put this up against Continuum or Born and Raised or anything like that. But at the same time, I'm just happy to have new John Mayer. I'm not going to go and fucking run this constantly, but it's nice to have some new John Mayer in the world.
3: Great take. Thank you. Yeah, up. you guys actually kind of sold me right there.
1: There you go. So go stream yeah. Sobrock. Rock. I'm sure John Mayer needs the money. Uh, the, second, <laughs> the second album that came out, the number one album of the week last week, Pop Smoke. Uh, new York rapper, huge fucking deal. Tragically passed away about a year and a half ago now. So, this is his second posthumous album in a year. It's called Faith, ton of great features on it. But there's something I want to talk about in the scale of the music industry when it comes to this album. What do you guys think about posthumous albums? Albums that come out after somebody tragically passed away?
3: I mean, I think everybody just knows what it is. It's just a big money grab, right? Yeah. Right? And it's mm. so my big thing is I
2: cannot fucking stand. I'm not trying to be one of these like virtue signaler, like. I'm, I'm better than other people, guys, but it drives me fucking crazy when somebody passes away and people go nuts on social media. Like, they lost, you know, like, they're fucking idle. And it's like, their album spikes on iTunes that week. And it's just like, my big thing is, it's like, people should celebrate these artists as much as they do when they die, when they're alive. Like, when they can actually, like, fucking feel the love, see the financial benefits and feel accomplished. Like when they're dead, what fucking good does it do?
1: A hundred percent my point. And uh, I mean, Kenny and me talk about this later in the episode, but I don't understand why pop smoke didn't get the push that he got now when he was alive, because he was a hot young artist. And I understand from the fans perspective, you want more music and you want whatever you can get out of this situation. I just hope that the family is getting taken care of and all this, and it's not the record label saying, oh, my God, we we can make a quick buck off this because that's when it gets murky. You know what it
2: is, though. Well, who is it? Who are we talking about here?
1: The music industry. It's fucking record labels. Yeah, but
2: in particular, 50 Cent. Like, oh,
1: yeah,
2: he's he owns those masters. Like, he's not a fucking idiot. If there's a buck to be made. I mean, that was the other thing is I was like, man, two albums in like one year. the other thing, the other thing that like kind of pisses me off, too, is. This guy's good. He's talented. I'm not saying he's not. But if he's still alive, he's not getting Kanye. He's not getting half of these features that are on this album. Right like a month it's like a fucking it's like the biggie duets
1: album yep it's exactly what it is the whole thing is features and most of the fucking songs on here you can obviously tell are outlines of songs that he was going to finish that never yeah. got around to finishing so it's kind of like you it, i mean i have prince sitting behind me and mac miller both who are their estates are dealing with these posthumous album things mm-hmm. as a selfish consumer i'm looking at it and say yeah give me more pop smoke but at the same time and this is how i kind of want to leave this that record label better be fucking taking care of his family because that's who it should go to. It shouldn't be a a record label making a money grab on this. If you're going to do it, make sure that the money goes to the right place. Otherwise, fuck you. Rotten hell. Great. There we go. And then of course, this is what I really want to get into before we get into our interviews. Ladies and gentlemen, Yeezy season is approaching. It randomly broke yesterday. Kanye has an album dropping on Friday. Donda, I will say this. So Donda was announced for July 24th of last year, and Kanye has still not put it out. It's coming out on July 24th this year. Here's the amazing thing about this album. One, I said this on the podcast last week. I shouldn't be as excited as I am. I know he's not what he used to be. I'm fully fucking prepared for this. I think it's going to be a masterpiece. I shouldn't. I don't know why I do, but for everything that I'm hearing about it, and the thing I really love about this rollout is the fact that who's the one person that hasn't said a goddamn word about this album yet? Kanye West. He has not promoted it. He hasn't done anything. He's letting the internet run with it. He's walking around wearing a St. Laurent mask where you can't even see his face. He's back to being a little mysterious. I'm fucking excited. Dante, are you a Kanye guy? <laughs> yes.
2: I am I feel like I'm in a very like dysfunctional relationship with the man. Same here. Pretty much like day one. Big fan of them. I mean, I'm in college when I'm really really good Dropped, you know mixtape back when mixtapes were like still a thing luckily i was in chicago so i could get my hands on it from a barber shop and i mean he was the biggest fucking thing before even yeah you know his first like real rockefeller album i mean he had, had such a following here in chicago man and it's like i think part of the reason i got so jaded is because you know he wrote so hard for chicago and then he kind of just like left it and fucking, you know, left it in the dust. It's a real thing, dude.
1: It's a real thing. Yeah.
2: And, and I mean, obviously, you know, we, everyone knows like he's had a fucking tumultuous life and ups and downs and all that. But, uh, I don't know, man, I don't want to get my hopes up for this one. Cause I have for like the last three and, <laughs> but, um, I'm rooting for the guy. I want it to be really, really good.
1: Once again, selfishly, I want it to be really, really good because I'm wearing my Yeezus shirt right now. I'm a fucking diehard fan. Kanye's the first album I ever bought with my own money. I was a fucking fourth uh, grade when College Dropout came out. Fucking love Kanye, Dave. I know you don't like Kanye, so why don't you? I, do I just opinion?
3: like I'm sick of hearing him. Like he's such a he's he's such a combustible person. Like I, I'm sick of him. And like or like Kanye. Like Dante said, his last few albums were just not good to me. Like I did not like them. It's not that I'm like ah they're whatever. Like I dislike them so like if i think you're a fucking dickhead on top of being putting out shitty music like i'm kind of just out on you know
1: and that's a fucking reasonable take realistically i'm the unreasonable one here because for some reason i still have the faith that this thing's gonna be fucking amazing and i mean let's talk about donna to begin with the album already has some some features that are, are confirmed that are gonna be fucking insane he's got Lil baby post malone travis scott Baby Keem, completely underrated LA artist, West Side Gun from my fucking crew, Griselda, who I do love, and Pusha T. So right off the bat, just the people he's working with gets me excited for what's going to come out. But more than anything, I'm excited for the rollout because this feels like old Kanye. He's not out talking about it. He's letting the internet do his work for him. And the hype around it is building and building and building. More than anything, I just have this weird suspicion that we're getting old Kanye back. And I have no factual information to back that up.
3: Dude, I'll, I'll that happened. Trust instinct. Oh, instinct. See. Instinct's powerful.
1: I had the instincts about Jesus is King and Yay too, and I was wrong on both of them. But I am so, an optimist. I am an optimist, ladies uh, and gentlemen. I'm going to listen to it regardless. I'm a captive listener here. It doesn't matter. I'm going to fucking spin it for a week straight and trick myself into thinking that it's okay. I did that with Jesus is King. That's
2: what everyone did. I, so do you know Tom? Do you know Tom, our our video guy from New York, who moved no. here?
1: No, not personally.
2: So he's like you. He's like, I mean, Kool-Aid drinker, like Kanye can do no wrong. And I feel like there's like a distinct two camps. There's like the backpack Kanye, which like Dave and I are in that group. And then there's kind of this like second generation that was a little too young for those days. I think you guys were like in middle school instead of high school or college. And you caught this, like, second wave of the, like, real experimental right. sound. You know, I think, like, the post-watched the throne Kanye, yep. I would say.
1: That is the and, splitting point. That is yeah. completely the splitting point.
2: And I think that it's, like, that new generation, like, doesn't have anything to compare this new stuff to. Or they do, but they were never really into that. Yeah, that makes so sense. So it's, like, they they see things a totally different way. Like, he's this, like pushed strictly pushed to the envelope, you know, like off the wall, almost like bigger than life artist, whereas we know him as this guy who fucking came from nothing, yep worked his fucking ass off to get where he is, got rejected ten zillion times, never gave up, thought he was the hottest shit in the world, basically manifested his life, yep, mm-hmm. and that's the guy like we still want to see and hear and root for and I don't know. If that guy came back, man, I would
1: be doing cartwheels. Bro, I'm right between those two two generations, right? Because like I said, I was in fourth grade when College Dropout came out, but I lived through late registration through fucking Watch the Throne diehard the whole way. I also was in my fucking college years when Yeezus through everything else came out. I want Hungry Kanye back. I don't know what I'm expecting sonically from it. I just want Hungry. I focused on music Kanye back. Also, this is fucked up, but Hurt Kanye is the best Kanye. When Kanye is going through something in his life and he, chan- and he channels it through his music, you get My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. That's every know,
2: artist, man. That's every artist.
1: Real shit. But Dante, you brought up something important too, and this is why Kanye West is so important to me, and this is how I'll transition out of this conversation. That man fought for everything that he had in the early days. He got told no by everybody. If you listen to the, la- uh, the call last call, on college dropout he says i played jesus walks for all these labels and they told me to fuck off he pushed he manifested his fucking reality and he changed the goddamn world so all i can say is i hope don is good
2: dude but like on that point this is why i think he's this is why i personally think he's falling off and i'm not saying like he's falling off just in my opinion is because back in those days in that mindset he was creating, and it was almost like he had all these people telling him, you know, like this isn't good enough. Like, and I think he's one of those people that thrives off of, you know, being told no or mm-hmm. oh yeah, it's not good or whatever. Now things have flipped so fucking much that he's just surrounded by nothing but yes men. Nothing but people that suck his dick and worship the ground he walks on. He, dude, there is nobody in Kanye West's life besides his mom who passed away who would be like, "Hey, man, this sucks." Like, right? Nobody's telling him that now. So I that's feel why like
1: Jay Z might have been the only one, and he pushed him away.
2: Yeah. So now it's like these albums come out, and like he has these lists. And this is the—I was really high on this album this weekend, and then I saw it today Live Nation, of course, Live Nation. Yeah. Puts out, oh, we're doing a listening party in Atlanta in at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and I was like, "Fuck!" Like the Wyoming one was one thing, the fucking Madison Square Garden thing was one another. one of the
1: greatest moments of all time. But but you think that? But it's like he's got like, the first posthumous record was already in the works. It was basically done by the time that he had passed, which yeah. was so tragic. Because I I we were talking about this earlier, but like I like. I liked where pop was going and like he had this original idea to him. Yeah. But it's when it gets to the point where it's not his work anymore that it gets weird. And it seems like you're taking advantage of his legacy to make more money. And I mean, look, yeah. I have Mac Miller and Prince sitting over me right now and Mac, I want more Mac. I'm dying for more Mac, but his, what well, we Mac don't deserve is it. Yes. We don't deserve Agreed. it. Agreed. You know what Agreed. I mean? Like, hundred percent. This is selfish on everybody's We have to suffer. Blood. We
0: have to suffer. They fucking died, and we suffer because we no longer get their music. And that's part of the circle of life, man. Like, you know. All
1: I'm saying is that the family better be fully in control of this, and be making the money off it. That's I fucking my hope. hope so. But anyway,
0: off my list, Dead Artist Records, man.
1: That's my man, Kenny. All right, let's go in to what the fuck we've been listening to this week. Uh, my first pick. Bluebird by Miranda Lambert. Somehow, I am like a year late on this song. Uh, it's how, actually, good,
2: how good is it, dude?
1: It's fucking incredible. It's fucking unbelievable. And the best part is the guy who wrote it, Luke Dick, is coming on our podcast. Oh, Luke Dick will be I a suggest- guest. He's an unbelievable music- musician out of Nashville. He has a band called Hey Steve. And this song, I have been in such a rut songwriting-wise because I think I've been giving so much energy to the podcast. I think, Dave, we've talked about this before. I go through spurts. This song made me go into the studio yesterday and just write three songs because it's that fucking well written and that well produced. And she's a badass. She might get lumped in with the pop country shit, but she is a fucking G. Shouts out Miranda Lambert, dude. It's a great fucking song. Uh, Dave, who? what the fuck have you been listening to?
3: So I have been listening to uh, yesterday and I want to get your take on it. I've been listening to Lil Dicky. Okay. It's a little different. Um, Philly guy. Yeah, he's a Philly guy. Um, I think he's hilarious and I think what he's doing plays. I really enjoy it. It's 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 fun, it's different. And like he he's he's doing what Asher Roth maybe could have done, but like better, if that makes I, sense.
1: I think I'll always have some sort of like weird side eye to white dudes who come into the rap game and it's just like, yeah, you get you get the passion of being the funny guy. I don't think if anybody else is doing it, you would get the same thing, but at the same time. I dig him because he's self-aware. Right. All exactly. raps, yeah, he knows all exactly his, what he's doing. Right. All his raps are dick jokes. And he can fucking rap his ass off. If you ever watch his freestyles, he can fucking rap. But he's a goon and he knows it. And his TV show is actually really good, too. So I, I appreciate that. So, Dave, any specific song? Um,
3: uh, Pillow Talk's fucking, it's just, it's perfect because I think every dude on the planet's been in that situation. <laughs> so I love it. You know, I, I think it's a perfect, like satirical look at, you know, being in bed with a girl.
1: It's a art imitating reality for Dave. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah. Dante, what the book have you been listening to?
2: Yeah. So this guy, Orville Peck.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: Food. So again, I'm not, I'm late to the party on this guy, but he is fucking awesome. He's, uh, he's kind of like Lady Gaga meets country music. Yep. Very flamboyant and, kind of like a Elton John Liberace type. He rocks way.
1: the he rocks this like fucking curtain mask all the time. Like see it's it. like
2: it's like bedazzled. Um he's gay, but that doesn't matter. But he, he fucking so I I the more I've listened to him, the more I've like looked up on him. I guess he used to be in a punk band. Yep. He was a drummer. Then he somehow collabed with Shania twenty, which is like who you, fucking does that? Goat stats. Yeah. Now he's got his own, you know, like solo career going. He dropped an album two years ago. Didn't really do much, but now he's like picking up a lot of steam, and uh, I think he's gonna be a big deal. I like him,
1: bro. We did a uh, we did a radio conference, the same one he did like two years ago, and to watch how the crowd reacted to his voice coming out of his body with the fucking <laughs> face mask on, everybody was like, "Dude, deep voice, fucking sick." The Shania Twain thing was dope too. That was a good call. I like that.
3: Yeah, dude, you guys know everybody.
1: It's music Colin, industry, baby.
3: I, dude, Colin knows, Colin and Kenny are like, like I thought I knew music pretty pretty well. And it's like I got a GED and these guys got doctorates from Harvard. Yeah, I'm impressed. It's almost like everybody. I've committed
1: my whole life to this thing. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> uh, Kenny, what the fuck have you been listening to?
0: Man, this whole week I've been playing, I went back and I started playing Grand Theft Auto a lot recently. Ooh. And uh, right. And there's something about cruising in the whip. You know, and you put on one of those fucking stations and fucking Talking Heads comes on and it's just right. It's just right. And here's the thing. No matter when you put on Talking Heads or David Byrne or whatever the fuck, like no matter when you put them on, it's the right, it's the right move. It's the right 100%. call. You could be at a party. You could be driving by yourself. You could be impressing a girl. You could be DJ in a club. It doesn't matter. You put it on. It's fucking great. And so I went deep. Back into the burn collection, back into the talking heads collection, back into his fucking dance moves you see on fucking Instagram of also shit. So it's so right, like his fucking solo record shit and those shows that he put on are a fucking piece of art. I the highly American recommend Utopia, baby. Yeah, Byrne, that's what I'm the saying. Utopia. I highly recommend every single person listening go deep and just enjoy your trip. That's what I've been
1: listening to. This is an old quote from the podcast, and I don't remember when I said this. I didn't get David Byrne when I was a First off, I, his hits were made well before I was born, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, But like growing up, my dad always playing music in the house and talking heads escaped me. I was like, I don't totally get this. And then as I started to create music and you start to like express your own individuality and you start to create on your own, he was in year 3050 in 19. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's 100%.
0: Unbelievable. He dude. was
1: so fucking
0: far ahead of his goddamn time. Like, he's just such a G. You know, I put it's like, Talking heads, the cars, fucking, you know, like just that, that era, that group, that fucking vibe is so everything to me. It's fucking great.
1: And I just love the fact that the talking heads kind of came out of that New York, like CBGB punk scene,
0: yeah,
1: but started the next wave. Like, could you imagine going to see some grimy ass punk show at CBGB? And then all of a sudden the talking heads go up and start playing like fucking burning down the house. There was definitely some people in that audience who were like, fuck these posers what is this bullshit there's other people that were like i don't know what this is but these guys are awesome as i've said
0: about a lot of music like this before it's heavy metal to me like Mm. you could take fucking slayer and you could put fucking a breakdown in the fucking native song and it's heavier to me than the fucking slayer song like there's something more manly and gangster about just
1: holding it down closed hat four on the floor fuck bro I was in the car with my wife like two weeks ago and In the Air Tonight came on by Phil Collins and I turned it up to, it goes to 60 in her car. To a billion, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I turned it up to 60 and I was just driving. It was at night. And I looked at it and I went, you know, Kenny once told me, this shit's metal to him. And I think I get it. And that dude. shit dropped in. And I was like, what is this? It's so you think good. People,
0: people think they're being heavy by doing pentatonic scales with distortion nope. and double bass drum. No, you're fucking heavy. When you got a four on the floor, closed hat and a synth line and a fucking sexy guitar line. That's heavy metal, son.
1: God damn. Kenny, me, I love you so much, dude. I
0: adore you, my man.
1: Oh man. All right. That's our uh, what the fuck we've been listening to this week. Uh, we're about to head into our pick of the week with Dummy. Great band out of New Jersey. Guys, before we get out of here, David, thank you for toughing out your allergies. Dante, thank you for coming on again, brother. As I said, your seat's always open. Dave, have you been working on the guitar at all?
3: Uh, not, not since the wedding. It's been, it was Wednesday, Thursday since I last half. But um, I was gone most of the weekend.
1: Can I give you a, like a startling fact?
3: Yeah. Seven weeks we're we're all right. We're on pace. Let's say that.
1: <laughs> Dog, we were we were filming episode two of the video series last week with the band. And we were just in the studio and shit. And everybody was like, So what are we even playing? Like we're starting to get our <laughs> we're getting our set list together for all these fucking shows that are that are coming up that we're gonna be announcing and that are popping up. And everybody was like, Is Dave playing one of our songs? Or are we doing a cover or what are we you, doing here? You just need him
2: for one song, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, okay. So
1: yeah, you gotta learn one song.
3: You can the, do that, but we need yeah, to get it.
0: We need to pick it.
3: Yeah, you got to set it. <laughs> well, I hey. I got a I got a few things I'm working on. Let's say that.
1: Yeah, we hey. need to
3: get. Can
2: we Can we talk about this like next week or the week after? Because this is going to be a really great topic. But if you want to watch something, like Colin, you'll fucking love it. You probably already watched it. Dave, you probably don't want to watch it because it's the most like intimidating thing musically ever. Have you Did you watch this McCartney three
3: two one yet?
1: I was just talking to him about this dude. Right, yeah,
3: that's dude. it's on it's on the bucket to do list rather the bucket list. Yeah, maybe it, on the list. Dave, I don't know if you should watch it before you play.
2: It is like you want to talk about like pe- for people that were just put on Earth to like change the world. Yeah, and I mean these guys like Paul McCartney's sitting there and he, he's like telling Rick Rubin how they just invented chords. Like, and they have no musical background at all. Like they have no music theory education. These guys just literally like picked up instruments and like jammed out. And he's, taught, he's like, we had to write these memorable songs because there was no way to record anything. And he's like, if you wrote stuff down, you'd forget like the rhythm or what key you were singing it in. He goes, so you would just have to repeat something in your head over and over and over so that you wouldn't lose track of it. So that when you went to the studio, you could record it. He's like, that's why all our songs are so catchy because we had to memorize
1: it. There is something to be said about convenience ruining art in a certain perspective because we can just do whatever the fuck we want. We have iPhones that I write my voice memos right into. And it's all throwaway shit. Everything they did was so fucking good because it had to be. You know what I mean? By the way, you want to talk about two people that I wouldn't want to sit in a room with and try and show them some bullshit that I'm working on? Rick Rubin and Paul McCartney because those are two absolute geniuses also just a dude i wanted like i don't even smoke weed but someone i want to get fucking fried with is rick rubin like just sit in the room and let him talk about life
2: dude the story that guy's lived how many lives a million all of them just craziest story It, it seems like everyone's best work that's even like slightly associated with rick rubin like had rick rubin prominently involved in it
1: Dude, I mean, I just... Did you ever watch the Funky Monks documentary with uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers where they're making... No. What's that uh, on? Uh, YouTube. It's in—it's all in black and white. You can look it right up, and it's... First off, two deaf, weird sets of people there. Rick Rubin and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's just these fucking strung-out junkie motherfuckers in a studio, like in a giant mansion house studio, making an album, and Rick Rubin's walking around shoeless with, like, 30 dogs. It's a fucking <laughs> great, great documentary to get into. But Dante, we're gonna have you back on again. Obviously, you're part of the team now. Whatever it is, but uh, we'll get into that the next time you come on, Dave. Anything else you got for me this week, buddy? I got nothing. Uh, keep on, keep it on. You're such an inspirational guy. When Frank in these Frank episodes, Tank right? Style, right? <laughs> for all, <laughs> for those you guys funny. don't know, Dave is being absolutely facially raped by allergies. So, Dave. Bad. It's
3: really it's really fucking bad. I took a, I timed it perfectly. I took Benadryl right before we started recording. So, you're starting I, to drift I, off. No, I'm not starting. I'm starting to feel better right now. It's like, what do you got? Uh, just fucking allergies. It's like a cat's clawing at my throat. My face is all yeah. congested. Like, I don't know. Maybe I got the corona, though, but I'll never take one of those tests again. <laughs> well, you know you know that strep is going around Chicago real bad, right? Uh, Hopefully it's not that. Sucks. That would be bad. Strep is the absolute worst. It's not yeah. strep. When I've had this for like a week. Right. It hasn't well, gotten luck- any worse.
1: Luckily enough for you, you really can't feel sick if Benadryl knocks you the fuck out. You can't be sick if you're not conscious. It's true. Facts. i i've done that before to where like i take benadryl before we start recording and then by the end of it i just go to sleep like i'm i can feel myself drifting as the interview goes on and then by the end of it i'm like all right well bye everybody and then i just fucking crash out so well good luck with that dave uh thank you for tuning in this week tune in next week we have another big episode we got episode two of the video series coming episode one is out now let's go in to our pick of the week dummy All right, ladies and gentlemen, for our pick of the week this week, coming out of New Jersey, we have Dummy. Guys, how are you today?
5: Doing great. Doing great.
1: This is back-to-back weeks. We got the whole squad in here. I love this. (laughs) It's a group effort. (laughs) Oh, man. So, first off, the one thing that I'm very excited, because we're going to talk about your song, Afterthought. But you guys have a unique perspective that we haven't talked to yet. Because you guys basically formed right before quarantine, and you just started dropping music during quarantine, correct? It, was, it blows my fucking mind that you guys don't really have a knowledge of the music industry before the world changed so this is like fucking like such a cool conversation to have I mean what, what was the process like of like dropping your first music when the rest of the world was kind of at a standstill
4: coming from that stance like we really had to uh, prepare and make it the best of not being able to play shows or not being able to play live immediately you know and like you know, just get our music out to as many people as possible. So we just kind of had to figure out how we could maneuver a great way of debuting ourselves behind the computer at home, you know? So we had to just like do a couple things and just kind of really figure out a good strategy of the best way to do that. Being a band starting during quarantine and stuff.
1: I mean, you guys have done a great job. The three songs that you've dropped so far have been fucking fantastic. And I mean, just from the perspective, of, like we've talked to the Foo Fighters and the Dirty Heads and shit, and you guys have a unique perspective, even from those guys. And I think that's pretty fucking cool to start your career that way, because I mean, we, we obviously know the entire game of the music industry of like pushing through it and the old way of doing things. But now we're coming out in a completely different world. You guys might actually have a leg up. You don't know.
5: Yeah, I guess it's nobody, no knows, anything. It. <laughs> nobody knows anything.
1: <laughs> The whole gist of this, literally, with talking to everybody in this whole process of this podcast that we've been doing, this is nobody knows what the fuck is going on. So I guess this is kind of a good starting point for you guys. I mean, how long have you guys been working together? Did you work together before quarantine, or is this a creation of quarantine?
6: Uh, Yeah, like, we sort of started, like, back, uh, like, probably, like, spring of 2019, and just sort of had a couple songs. We were, like, really ready to start playing shows, and then uh, the world shut down.
1: Wait, so (laughs) COVID didn't exist before dummy, but then dummy joins and then the world fucking shuts down. So this might be your fault.
5: (laughs) It was like as soon as we really were getting in the groove and starting to do stuff to lockdown happens. Have you guys
1: played shoes yet?
6: No, (laughs) no. Oh my
1: god. Yeah, I think
6: like our moms have heard it, like more than (laughs) anybody in the world. Yeah.
1: Well, I saw you guys do have some shows coming up. You're playing at one of our old stopping grounds, Mercury Lounge, which is one of my fucking favorite places on earth. And if you're like a Jersey, like kind of New York band, then what a great fucking starting point, dude. How excited are you to actually get to showcase what it is that you guys do in front of people?
5: Uh, It's going to be awesome. speechless. I can't wait. That's all we've been waiting for. Yeah. It's been frustrating. It's like... We can't do anything
1: bad. <laughs> like, I mean, the funny thing is, so many of the people we've talked to, the conversation has been like, God, I needed a break from the road. And you guys are like, please just give me an opportunity to play more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. So let's talk about Afterthought. Of the three songs, this is, to me, the production on this is fucking outstanding. Where did you guys cut this? Was this a home recording? Were you guys in a studio? Where did you, you guys make this happen?
5: Our buddy, uh, uh, Jeff, introduced him to, uh, to us. Uh, Mike Morello. He's in a, uh he's in Hillsborough and he does like just local recording and stuff. He's in a band, American Grim. Mm. Um, they're like a metal band, but yeah, he's been awesome. He's like,
1: he's incredible.
5: Yeah. He has a complete setup and he's super
6: cool with working with us and taking our time. Like, yeah. I mean, he has a deep understanding of just music in general. I think he records every genre and uh, he just really like puts in like, he, he gives like uh, enough of a critique without putting too much into it. It sort of gives, like, an
1: awesome balance. Dude, for young bands, that is, like, the most important thing. Like, when you're trying to find your sound or what it is that you do, to have somebody who's not stepping all over your creative process is such an important thing. And, I mean, kind of, like, in the stage you guys are, where you're just starting to blossom, like, what are you listening to to get inspiration? Like, this is such a fun conversation for me because I haven't really talked to anybody at this stage yet. This is fucking sick. Like, what has been the inspiration behind Dummy?
4: Just... All just trying different types of music all the time, you know, because we've all kind of came from, you know, different backgrounds of music. Like a lot of us came from like hardcore, a lot of us came from like classic rock. And, you know, during like the post punk movement, that's kind of where all that kind of came together in a sense okay. before its time. So it's great for us to kind of just listen to music from back then and just. Uh, just kind of create our own sound because we love seeing energy and people dancing have a great time you know so we know just from past experiences from playing different music what brings the energy to the crowd so that's what we really focus on
1: once again it's a great fucking attitude to have you guys seem to really have kind of like a a good head on your shoulders you guys come from other bands or is this like a kind of a, a first experience for everybody
6: Oh, we've been in other bands, but I wouldn't say, like, they were as serious as this is. Like, this is definitely, like, we're all taking it very seriously. Um, and, like, we played, like, local shows, like, BFWs and American Legion Halls, but this is probably, like, the most serious as far as, like, going ahead and getting a music video done and, like, reaching out, and trying to get some press and things like
1: that. I mean, even your, like, I love seeing, like, super young bands taking things so seriously i love the canvases that you guys say have you laid out in your spotify like that is the, like a little touch that goes a long way and kind of going back to your point about the shows you guys have played and i'll share mine but i love asking this question to bands what is the shittiest show experience you guys have had
5: <laughs>
6: yeah, exactly than- like uh, things just not working out or like uh the- just like some guy that runs the Elks. It's like, uh, there's probably more than a hundred people here. So you owe me like another 300 bucks. Oh, classic. Yeah. Sure. classic. I, was, I was just oh saying,
5: paying to play.
1: I am so glad we got through that time period because everybody has to do it. And it's the shittiest thing ever. And we right. love to like point out like things that are stupid in the music industry. That's one of them. Like people taking advantage of young bands, but so many bands don't ever get past the shitty period of time to enjoy the good period of time. If I have any advice, it's get through the shitty period of time. But I mean, I I wouldn't even say you guys have that on your horizon because I feel like you have good heads on your shoulders in the short period of time that we have spent together. Because you could talk to some young bands and they're just like, yeah, I have no idea what the fuck is going on. You guys seem to have a pretty good idea. And I mean, the quality of the recording speaks for itself. So let's talk about Afterthought. The song's fucking fantastic. Who wrote it? When was the process of this getting made? And when did you guys drop it?
4: I was living here with Chris and Matt for a couple months and so you know taking that time we wrote a couple things and then jeff came along and we kind of just threw some ideas around and uh we try to take a different approach from suddenly which we already recorded so we kind of want to just show like a different side of dummy and you know what we can do um
6: like more guitars yeah uh, uh, just more instrumental like Like, kind of like like show off the the drums show off the bass show off the like, show off everyone, kind of. Like, suddenly sort of just, like, that, like, breakout sort of, like, crowd surf jam.
1: Yeah, suddenly, to me, was, like, uh, I want to see that one live. I feel like that will get fucking people going. But this seemed like a more, I don't know, streamlined kind of, like, if you were looking for a radio song, or if you were looking to move in that direction, Afterthought felt like it was leaning more towards that direction.
6: I think that's for sort reasons. of what we were thinking, too. Like, more easy listening, but also could show off our instrumentals and, uh... Melodies and stuff like that. Yeah, you
4: know,
5: just
1: be a little more
4: just,
5: just different from the last
4: song. Yeah, dude, just I don't
5: t- want to put out the same thing No, one don't like hearing the same vibe. But yeah,
1: goddamn right. And that once again, another mistake that young bands make is where it's like, all right, we'll just like keep making the same thing. We want to pigeonhole ourselves into one thing, dude. Right. Just keep throwing shit at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah.
6: Yeah, I mean, but even afterthought like so many people like see it for like the kind of darker song it is from the or moody song from the lyrics or like they're just like oh i could picture myself driving on a summer day to this mm. song. like that's something we sort of love about it
1: that's a driving song that i didn't i don't know why i didn't think of that that's a driving song i like that
5: down summer night type thing
1: oh yeah well here's one more question as far as like kind of trajectory and, and thought process into where you guys are going like if you could pick a band or an artist whose career you'd kind of like to model yourself after. Like when I look at it, I mean, I have Bruce Springsteen sitting over my shoulder and I mean, that's fucking high aspirations, but I love Bruce. That's my fucking boy. It's
4: record or is it just like a, it's like a little poster.
1: Oh no, that's a record. And here's a great thing too. It fell off the wall and it's act. There's no glass here. I can actually just touch the record sleeve. It's, <laughs> this, we talked about this at the beginning before we started recording this whole thing looks way more professional than it actually is. It looks great. (laughs) Thanks, bro. But yeah, so as far as like, like inspiration, as far as like, where do I want to go? What band's career would you kind of want to model yourself after? Oh, that's tough. It Uh, is tough.
5: I mean, me personally, uh, like my music library goes from like every genre. Like I'll switch a death metal song to like a disco song and like, Hmm. the like like it, when it my when it's on um, shuffle, it just goes everywhere. So I oh, yeah. uh, I don't I don't know. Um, it's hard. To it's say. just a lot of bands. Yeah, they, I mean, it's I think a big for,
4: concoction because totally. we're all just around the table. You know, just any band that tours, plays, and puts music <laughs> I out. I think for it can it a it, it. And we had to make,
0: make a do. living out of it. You know?
1: That's the biggest. That's the hardest part of this entire equation is trying to flip it into what you do as a career. But I yeah. mean, for me, like I think about it, like even with him just dropping this new album, like John Mayer at this point is just doing whatever the fuck he wants. He just made an album that is basically a 10 song meme. And I love it. We just, we talk about this a lot in the episode, but like John Mayer has a very interesting, fun career or even like the Foo Fighters at this point, Dave Grohl is just fucking doing whatever the fuck he wants. I think that's like where I want to go as far as an artist, just to be like able to do whatever it is that I want. And the thing is when I hear you guys, I don't really hear one band. I don't hear like, I'm not like, Oh, they are this band. I think you guys have the capability of being something completely original.
6: Yeah, I mean, I think also for us, like, besides, like, that, like, why it's so hard for us to answer, I think, like, all of us, like, have uh, been bitten by that music bug and, like, Mm -hmm. where one band or a couple bands, like, kind of, like, helped us through a certain point. We sort of want to be that band for other people. Mm -hmm. At the same time, like, we're all awesome friends and I think, like, we all sort of want to, like, do that thing where we, like, rent a house in the the woods and, like, write a record. You know, like, we want to do both those things want to help people through a situation and just like
1: have fun i mean i think you guys have a fucking bright future ahead of you and i, I just want to say thank you for coming on today because for having as many episodes as we do have to have someone with a unique perspective is actually pretty fucking cool so i really appreciate it,
5: yeah, it's you. It's yeah, a appreciate it.
1: no problem do me a favor before we start playing the song can you guys plug a couple things uh, uh, tell them the shows that are coming out tell them where to find your music socials all that shit get as much out there as humanly possible
4: uh, yeah, we're uh, we're playing in a uh, Brickstock Festival in uh, New Jersey, July thirty first, and uh, we're playing the Mercury Lounge with Tenth uh, on uh, August eighteenth. So, and you can uh, get us at Instagram.com dot slash
5: Dummy Tunes, and then you can catch our Spotify and all that stuff. Tunes. Yeah, all of, all our other links uh, dummytheband.com. dot um, and everything we have. If you haven't seen the Afterthought uh, music video, that's out now, that and also a suddenly music shit? video. Yeah. Uh, we yeah, have more work out. coming out on the website. Um, what else?
1: And Beautiful. we're working on an EP too. Beautiful.
6: Probably I don't know. It'll be out soon. Yeah, we're just working on, on it. And uh, but also shout out to uh, Jim and Callan and the whole cat, like everyone that helped us with our film our, crew, our videos. Yeah, video. Beautiful.
1: Know. I'm telling you right now, I would not be surprised in a year or two to see dummy as someone who's really doing some shit. So once again, thank you guys so much for coming on. If you ever need anything from any of us, just shoot us a fucking DM. We'll take care of it, but let's go in to our pick of the week afterthought by dummy.